This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello and welcome to this episode of Reimagine Law. This is the second in our two-part series all about the solicitor's qualifying exam. So last time we gave you a nice overview of what the SQE, as it's known as, um, involves. So SQE 1 about the law, uh, an assessment, sorry, on the law. SQE 2, an assessment on skills. We talked about having the character and suitability test satisfied. And we also spoke about this mysterious thing called qualifying work experience or QWE. Now, today's episode, we're going to focus on QWE. Absolutely. And today we are delighted to be joined by uh, both Lisa Slater from AMAs Consulting. Um, Lisa works very much with law firms on all things SQE and QWE and was on our last podcast too. So you'll be familiar with her name, hopefully, if you listen to that one. And Lucy Blackburn, who is a senior lecturer of the University of Central Lancashire. So we've got some fantastic and quite different insights coming from from these two lovely ladies today. Um, So I'm going to just kick off actually by just asking you, um, what is qualifying work experience? Let's get back to basics. So, um, okay, let's tackle the the mechanics of qualifying work experience, which I'm going to call QWE, if that's okay. Um, It tends to roll off the tongue a little bit better. Um, So in order to qualify as a solicitor in England and Wales moving forward, all individuals will now need to complete at least two years full-time or equivalent work experience. So this is in effect what we used to call the training contract. Um, In reality, we think most firms will still stick to this familiar job title, but it's not mandatory. So unlike the training contract, there is no requirement for QWE to be completed just with one establishment. So we're hoping this is going to be music to the the listeners of this podcast. Um, And this is the big difference here, that the work experience can be acquired in up to four organisations. The work experience can be paid or voluntary work experience. And for example, it can be um, time spent on vacation placements during a degree, working in a university law centre. It can be at a voluntary or charitable organisation like Citizens Advice or a law centre, working as a paralegal, and finally on that traditional style of training contract. Mm. So it really does afford a lot more flexibility then, doesn't it, than than the older regime through the LPC and the typical training contract? Yes, absolutely. That was... um, Um, interestingly one of the main drivers from the SRA to make it a lot more accessible and flexible. Just this flexibility is a really welcome aspect um, of um, QWE Um, and it's really welcome as well that um, especially in the university law clinics the work that the students are doing there is going to be recognised and can go um, to form part of their qualifying work experience. Yeah, that's, that's really great, isn't it? And, and I think that's going to bring a lot more diversity, actually, to the profession as a result. I hope so. Yeah, for me, it's the removal of these artificial um, and unjustifiable barriers to entry. And I'm really hoping, for me personally, we'll see the profession really open up. And certainly for the clients I work with, um, those that take inclusion and diversity really seriously also have the same aims and objectives. And what were the SRA hoping to achieve by by doing this change? 
Well, that that's it in a nutshell, really. Mm -hmm. They really wanted the profession to open up because there was so much criticism that these barriers were perceived to be really big barriers and those that many would never have thought a career as a lawyer um, would be for them. So Lucy, we've, we've heard a little bit about where people can obtain their qualifying work experience, but can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what specifically the type of work that um, people that are seeking to, to get qualifying work experience, what does that really look like? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, absolutely. So um, qualifying work experience is inextricably linked to the provision of legal services. So the work that you are doing in the organisations that Lisa referred to has to be grounded in, in legal work. You can't be doing administrative work. Um, it has to be, um, like I said, that, that legal facing work. And that you have to be under the supervision of a solicitor as well, somebody who is regulated um, in England and Wales. And you also have to be given the opportunity to develop um, a competence or, or the competencies that um, are linked are referred to in the statement of solicitor competence, which I think you might have talked about in your in your previous um, podcast. And that's quite interesting, this opportunity to develop. So qualifying work experience isn't actually about um, confirming whether or not a student is competent. It's just confirming that in that particular placement in that organisation, the student has had the opportunity to develop those competencies. Now, this is um, probably more than just doing a repetitive administrative task, um, but it also doesn't mean a huge amount of exposure to, to a particular um, competence. Um, the kind of work that also um, would count as QWE um, doesn't necessarily have to take place in England and Wales. Um, you can have um, a, a experience in law that's not English and Welsh law and still you can um, be awarded qualifying work experience. Um, the, the, the caveat to that last statement, though, is remember the test or, or the, the test of competence um, of those skills that you will have developed in doing your qualifying work experience is SQE2. So you need to make sure that the qualifying work experience that you are doing and the organisations you are doing it in is going to prepare you as best you can for that um, SQE2 assessment. Mm. Yeah, and just as a reminder, the SQE assessment is, is all about the, the more practical skills, isn't it? To demonstrate the legal knowledge. Yes, so the SQE2 are those, are those practice skills, practice-based mm. skills, yes. So can you just um, explain a little bit more about the procedure that the students might need to go through in order to um, obtain the qualifying work experience? Sure. So I think at the first point, a student needs to, in whatever organisation they are um, they are in, is to have a conversation about exactly uh, what competencies they are going to have an opportunity to develop, um, because not all placements or all organisations may offer exposure to all of them. So it's important that a student knows exactly when they're going into a placement what they are going to get and, and also importantly what they're not going to get. Mm. Um, and then um, after that discussion has taken place, um, organisations may have um, a procedure of their own that a student is to follow and where they uh, record their qualifying work experience or, or record the competencies um, and, and that will be introduced to the student when they start the placement. If they don't, 
then the SRA website does have training and templates for the student to look at. Um, but what I would say um, is this is a student um, led process. So it is the responsibility um, of the student to maintain these records. And because um, the qualifying work experience does not have to be registered with the SRA immediately after it has been accrued. It only has to be registered with the SRA at the point of admission. So practically speaking, that could be quite a considerable amount of time from when a student has um, received qualifying work experience, say within a university law clinic, to when they're actually going to be admitted. So it's to keep those records, that, to keep records as well where they can be relied upon if you're going to be asked to confirm or ask someone to confirm um, qualifying work experience after it has been um, uh, awarded. That's a really important point, isn't it? Because if, if they don't keep um, their records up to date as they go along, it's going to become a huge task later on down the line. And like you say, it's actually the onus is on, on the individual. Um, so that, that could be stacking up to be quite a big job at the end of it all if um, they don't keep going along the way. Yeah, Lisa, just from a, your perspective, obviously working with, with um, law firms, uh, Lucy mentioned that you know, they may have their own procedures and, and, and approaches that they would want students to follow. Do you have any insights you could share with that? Yes, absolutely. Most of the clients I work with um, have their own record now, um, which they make it mandatory for any applicants claiming QWE um, to complete at the time of hire or if they're ready in the firm, um, they can requ request this template to then have access to completing the record. And then there are various steps in the process with ensuring the supervisor signs off on their work experience at the time they've completed that task, for example. Um, but a really interesting point I've picked up um, recently is that one about banking high quality QWE, not banking everything. So we're envisaging individuals perhaps um, banking QWE from an four, five, six, seven establishments, but only then at the time they want to gain admission working out which ones are the best ones to apply via the SRA for formal accreditation to become a solicitor of England and Wales. Just quickly, a, a point that, that comes to mind. Are there any disadvantages to people who are looking to qualify banking as they go? And I think that, the, um, that there are some positives to banking as they go. It makes it the registration process easier for those who are being asked to confirm it. But what I would say is, is that there are only um, four organisations with which um, a student can register their qualifying work experience. And as soon as that, as soon as one of those organisations has been used, it's gone. So um, I would perhaps um, err on the side of caution and only register when you when you when you have to um, to, to prevent that that position from happening. Yeah, you can't unbank once you've been banked in that sense. Okay, interesting. Thank you. Well, sorry, um, may, maybe I'm confusing the word banking. When I'm saying banking, I'm I mean it um, by way of um, of recording the information, but making a decision further down the line as to whether they want to formally register that with the SRA. Um, I think those are two different two different points. Yeah, interesting. So keep your records up to scratch, bank it in your own file, then come to bank it with the SRA when you're, you're good and sure and, and ready to, to do so. Interesting. Yeah. 
just another thought. Are there any warning signs that um, prospective uh, solicitors should be uh, alive to with qualifying work experience? Um, I think just just to kind of be very aware of the different types of organisations that are offering qualifying work experience and exactly um, what a student will be getting from going into that organisation. Um, I would say one thing is, is that not all um, legal activities may amount to qualifying work experience. So for instance, um, if you were to get experience in a mediation clinic, that wouldn't class as qualifying work experience. So again, it's having that conversation as well. Um, I also think you know one of the one of the positives about qualifying work experience you know is this flexibility and the number of organisations. There's a huge number that you can go to. So I would question perhaps whether um, if students are being asked to to pay for their own qualifying work experience, where that necessarily fits in um, with the spirit of of what was being of trying to be achieved here. Um, I was just going to add there about um, the repetitive admin tasks that many individuals within law firms are asked to complete, especially at the junior level, they equally wouldn't amount to qualifying work experience. So my guidance to students is to ask those questions at the time of hire or at the time of the promotion round, for example, and the managers should be really honest with you as to whether the role you're expected to undertake is going to be one that will lead to qualifying work experience being signed off, or perhaps it may, it may not. So err on the side of caution to avoid disappointment. Just talking about the types of work that counts or doesn't count as qualifying work experience, um, it strikes me that there's some really good experience that might not necessarily count as work experience. Um, so, you know, listeners might be thinking, why, why should I do that if I can't bank it in the SRA sense? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, so I think what we shouldn't lose sight of is that actually, you know, lots of the activities that we are talking about, you know, going into um, student uh, law clinics, working with the citizens and the vice view, that is very good work experience, full stop. And, and students shouldn't uh, lose sight of, of how that can enhance their employability. Um, but also, you know, it, it can be qualifying work experience as well. But, you know, what, what I would say is just because it, it can be qualifying work experience doesn't necessarily mean that it should be and the, or that you should use it. And like I say, don't lose sight of, uh, of, of how those um, experiences can enhance your ability then to, to go on and get um, a, a job elsewhere. Absolutely, it's, it's all it's all great um, foundations, isn't it? Any any kind of work experience is a great foundation. You can draw it, draw on that at any point in your career as well as you as you go through, whether it's during your qualifying work experience or early on in your career or beyond. It's all very shaping um, in terms of that kind of experience, and 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 I would definitely encourage um, everybody to try to have. Um, as broad an experience as possible when they're especially when they're first starting out um, I'm quite interested to, to to know though when we're talking about qualifying work experience obviously before in the old regime the um, the training contract was at the end essentially wasn't it you know you did all of the academic pieces at the beginning and then it was a training contract is that the same with the QWE or you know, is there more flexibility there Unfortunately, not, not a really quick answer to that one, Kerry, <laughs> but certainly a, um, an interesting question. Um, for me, there's no one size fits all. 
um, for example, the larger law firms are tending to favour those individuals following their pathway to complete the SQE 1 and 2 assessments up front mm. and then the QWE um, during a two year training contract structure. Um, whereas there are other firms, smaller firms, regional firms we're working with um, and love working with because they're taking a really open minded approach. Mm. And I think over the coming years when SQE really does incept, um, we're going to see a wide variety of approaches on the market according to size of firm, specialism um, and location. Mm. So firms are really taking an opportunity to shape this approach to, to suit them and their business, but also perhaps even enhance the development opportunities for, for the trainees coming through um, their businesses as well. That's really interesting. And, and I guess it's going to be quite important for our listeners to, to try to work out which model or which approach would best fit them as well, best suit them in terms of how they learn, how they want to develop, how they want to balance their kind of learning and, and their, their work experience through that period of time. Kerry, it really strikes me that um, there might be a bit of a different approach as well, depending on the area of law that somebody's working in. Yeah, so thinking back to criminal practice, you know, it's regular that paralegals would be basically doing the job of fee-earning solicitors um, because profit margins were inevitably quite tight in, in criminal legal aid firms versus what you might have in a big city law firm and how, how that might differentiate. Um, so I suspect as well that the different types and when you'll get your qualifying work experience might depend on how those experiences have gone in the lead up to you, you, you trying to do the banking. Mm-hmm. Really good point. Lucy, do you, do you have any insights at all? Um, I just think, again, it, it's about having this very um, uh, uh, you know, kind of understanding about the impact of actually, you know, registering your qualifying work experience with the SRA and, and kind of the finality of it for that stage, because, um, you know, you do have to, as a student, keep in mind, you know, what your end employer is going to think, how will they um, react or how will they treat um, any um, any period of qualifying work experience you've already already registered and um, you know unfortunately you know I, I can't answer that question but I think it's something that students do need to have an awareness of um, about how that and, and and what it comes down to again is perhaps waiting until the point of admission to mm. actually register um, your amassed or your banked qualifying work experience so that you ensure you give yourself the best opportunity going forward. So you're selecting the most relevant for those particular organisations depending on the, the work experience that you've you've got so far and banked. Yeah and I think a point to stress I think it has been touched upon slightly is that there are um, even though you can only register with four organisations you can amass however many different amounts or different pots of qualifying work experience as you as you see fit and then in, in the end you can choose to register four three two or just one if it comes to that two-year full-time equivalent mm, yeah it's good to emphasize that again I think what what we're also saying aren't we Fran is just being transparent and having those open conversations and keeping that dialogue fluid with your employer or the establishment you're completing a placement within um, so there is no disappointment and certainly from my perspective um, some firms will really value previous QWE um, others 
will value it, but will still want two years spent on the job with themselves. And I think over the next few years, it's going to really come out in the wash, those firms that are differentiating themselves in the market from those that are um, taking the more tried and tested approach um, based on their culture, their values, and also um, budget considerations. Yeah, very, very good point. And, and I think just finding out exactly uh, where each organisation sits on that spectrum is, is really important before you before you apply um, or before you decide whether or not you're going to um, you know, pursue a longer term career with them as well. I think it says quite a lot about the organisation, um, but also just managing your own expectations about you know what they really do require. I think this is a very evolving space as well. So just um, just because if you're at the beginning right now of, of looking into your options don't just assume that things aren't going to change as, as we move along. And obviously us on this podcast, we, we will be keeping ourselves um, up to speed and, and feeding back any, any uh, updates and intel we can along the way. So please do keep in touch with us as well at Reimagine Law, um, because it is a very moving feast right now. Um, Kerry, that also feeds into just thinking about the definition Lucy gave us earlier about what could count. It's a very wide open definition. Um, yeah. Lucy, I don't know whether you think there's potential for variance between different, I'm going to call them providers of, of Queen, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and there is. And, and I think that um, just because, you know, an organisation, um, you know, looks to be in, in the legal sector, don't make the assumption that qualifying work experience will be available. And that's why, again, it's so important to have that discussion um, as, you know, at the start so that everybody is absolutely clear as to, as to what can and what can't um, be claimed as qualifying work experience. Um, and I think that, um, you know, also, you know, for instance, you know, in, in university law clinics, there'll be some clinics which you can get qualifying work experience in, and there's some which which can't. And that's completely within, you know, the, the, the QWE um, um, regulations. And, you know, just it's asking those questions and making sure at the start you are completely clear as to what, you know, what you are going to get out of this placement or, or what's going to happen, you know, when you're, when you're spending time with this organisation. Yeah, it's been a really, really useful um, podcast, this, I think, lots and lots of, of tips um, sprinkled throughout. And uh, I'd quite like to um, round off really now by asking you both, um, what would be your sort of top tip, as it were? What, what would be your final thought that you would like to leave our listeners with um, on the back of, of everything that we've talked about today? Um do your research is probably the um the takeaway i would like to add today there are a whole host of um outlets available to you the sra themselves run um an um, online help desk or telephone call service for any queries whatsoever um but certainly the the resources i found most useful are university careers websites media giants there are a variety of online events, um, open days, virtual law fairs. Please do sign yourselves up. They're all free. And from it, you will also get the opportunity to speak to employers and other organisations to um, ask the experts. 
And just to stress again, this is a huge opportunity to, to, to qualify, you know, the flexibility yeah. that is offered here, I think, is, is, is a huge positive um, of this. So I would stress it. Um, and again, you know, just because something is, is good work experience doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be um, qualifying work experience. But I think what I would say is, is my kind of top tip is however you amass your qualifying work experience over those two years, you know, you have to make sure that it is adequately preparing you for SQE2 because that is the real test of qualifying work experience. Yeah, that final practical application. Um, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And Fran, what have you learned today? <laughs> what have I learned today? Do you know what one word sticks out in my mind, Kerry? Variation. There's variation about what it is, how it is, how you can gather it, what on earth is going to happen in the future as we sort of start to define it a bit more through practice. That's the one word um, that's really, really drawing out in my mind. I don't know if you had any. Yeah, I, I think, well, I sparked up when, um, when Lucy said opportunity. I think it, it does bring a lot of opportunity to those looking to get into to law. Um, there, is, uh, yeah, there are different approaches taken by different organisations. Um, and you can find um, an approach that best fits you and best suits you, you know, the way you work, the way you study, the way you learn, uh, your personal circumstances, your financial circumstances. I think it just really does help open up access to the profession, which is exactly the point of the new regime, which is, which is great. Um, but as I said before, I think being aware that this is new and it's new to um, everybody you know all the firms all the training providers there will be teething problems there'll be things that um, everybody has to kind of work through and feel their way through um, and just I guess being patient with that um, and not being afraid to ask questions along the way because not everybody has all the answers yet um, and it is going to continue to to evolve but that's my kind of main takeaway yeah, no, I, I think that's a really interesting, a really interesting one, actually. And also, where does it push the pressure points in the recruitment process, you know, with those different opportunities, um, you know, um, where you've done your experience? I always used to think of a training contract, just like a pupillage as a bit of a sort of 18 months, 12 months, two year, whatever it is job interview you know is it going to still be that or actually does this break that up because it'll be from four different organizations so I think opportunities are great words for us to be thinking about um okay uh, we always like to leave our listeners with some practical actions that we could do um I've had one thought as we've been going along I'd like listeners just to take a moment to look at their CV hopefully a nice up-to-date CV everyone's got one of those on file and just to have a look over it and think is there anything that's currently on your CV that satisfies the test that could potentially be qualifying work experience? So I'm not suggesting people go back and ask people to sign it off and things like that, but just do a review for your own knowledge and experience so that you can start to understand how that, that, that test applies. Mm. Gary, did you have any practical actions? I think for me, um, if, if you're embarking upon um, you know, looking at your options seriously, um, and going down the, the SQE route, I think I would look at um, talking to some firms, so trying to get in front of organisations that you're interested in, um, either qualifying at or even just gaining some QWE from, um, and understanding their approach to it. 
there are so it's the right time of year there are so many events out there right now most of them obviously virtual <laughs> but they are there they are available so sign up to them ask questions um, soak it all up and then and, and start to kind of really compile uh, you know, your list of options and, and areas of interest fantastic brilliant all right well that leads me to wrap up and say a very very big thank you to both lucy and lisa for joining us on this episode thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom thanks lisa and lucy really nice seeing you thanks for having me thanks and goodbye um <laughs> and just a reminder to listeners as well uh, to sign up to our social media um please do follow us on instagram and on linkedin um, and do send us messages if there's specific episodes that you would like to hear about. Um, so until next time, thanks so much for joining us. Mm-hmm.